Hi, I'm Brooke. And I'm Marissa. And welcome to this week's comment. comment. All right. So this episode, I felt, was honestly our best one yet. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this topic with you. So it was so much fun diving in about authenticity and what that means for the advertising industry and also, you know, how Gen Z plays a role in that, mm-hmm. what appeals to them and what absolutely does not. <laughs> exactly. And bringing in personal examples and experiences as well. You brought in your insight about... You yes, know, we do talk about some accounts, so stay tuned for that. Oh yeah, we won't reveal the accounts. Yes, yet. you'll have to listen to that <laughs> one. Um, as well as just some brands and also some things going on in the advertising world that we love and absolutely hate. We call out brands. We do. So stay tuned to listen to us call out brands and try to figure out what exactly authenticity is. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Agency's Comment Podcast. All right, Brooke. So I have a story about my social media and I've been working on it. So a lot of people, as you know, say that I'm a really authentic person. I'm really genuine. Okay. So so I'm really down to earth. And I've been trying to portray that a little bit more on my social media. So I recently got into the Instagram insights once I realized that you didn't have to be just a, you know, influencer to do that. And as I've been dabbling in it, I've been more, you know, looking at who's saving my pictures, how many views, mm-hmm. like uh, things like that. And I've realized that the people, the posts that have more genuine captions, down to earth captions, actually have been getting more engagement. So example is, <laughs> is that, okay, so the picture that I posted of us when we were in New York, I went, I decided to go full you know, this is exactly what happened word for word okay. down to the bare bones. Our Jimmy Fallon pick. Yes. Okay. And it was like me and Brooke saw Jimmy Fallon and honestly, I'm still not over it. Like all this, it was just like four sentences of just mm-hmm. laugh and everyone was reacting so positively to it. So now I've just realized that I've been being more open and honest about the things mm-hmm. that I'm posting and just being straightforward, straightforward about what's going on. There were a lot of contributing factors in that photo, <laughs> don't you think? Like the fact that A, we were in it, of course, um, and B, the genuine caption, but also C, it could have been Jimmy Fallon really doing all no, the work. No, but it on showed that, that showed so. true and that showed true in every single oh, so post that I've done. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've been very I've been like, this is me walking on the beach. That's another mm-hmm. one, I think. Okay. Um I'm just remembering off the top of my head. Um one of them I just posted when I was like, this is for my roommate's this photography. Is just happening. Yeah, this is me for my roommate's photography project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and people seem to resonate with that, like, wow, that right. is actually what's happening. So what I will say about that is you might have a point. <laughs> but something interesting to keep in mind is you can also totally fake authenticity. Because I have a photo that is my most engaged photo of the year. And it's me in New York on that same trip that you're talking about. Um, and I'm standing on the street and it's just like, it's a very cute photo, like a fashion, you know, picture, whatever. Um, and so I captioned it. Um, like I have two photos with different moods. Like one, I look kind of angry and then the next I'm like happy again. And so my caption was me before and after New York City pizza, which you might be like, oh, okay. Like yeah, that, that's normal. That's what the day was happening. That never happened. I didn't have pizza once on that trip. <laughs> Um, so, so an interesting thought as we get into today's episode, 
you know, what does it look like to pose as authentic versus be authentic? And what does that mean for the advertising industry? That is interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen that authenticity is a, a word that's been thrown around a lot. Yes, it's a, it's a big buzzword, I would say. Yeah, right now. yeah, um, definitely in different conferences, everything mm-hmm. having to do with, you know, what advertisers should be doing, what brands should be gearing towards all has to do with targeting authenticity when it comes Mm -hmm. to reaching new consumers. So I think what we're going to try to focus on in today's podcast is, you know, what necessarily is authentic authenticity. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, just which brands does it work for and which does it not? Because I think there's so many times when a brand will pose as authentic and whether it is the case or not, I'm loving it. And there are other times when it simply just can't be pulled off by a certain brand. So I think it will be really interesting to see what brands in the industry are truly using authenticity as a platform and who is doing it successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a more, you know, more agency geared focus, how is authenticity helping companies target Gen Z? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been hearing that, you know, authenticity is something that Gen Zers are craving and that's what we've been wanting. So I want to focus a little more into that and see what that means. Let's do it. Um, So first off, um, what's your opinion of authenticity? (sighs) I mean, I feel like I'm very genuine, but I don't see it a lot in others. And when it comes to branding, um, it's really, really a hit or miss because Mm -hmm. you either hit it on the head and it, it grabs people or... It's just not right. And if it's just not right, it's not going to work. So it's very iffy. I think what most people think of and completely turns Gen Z off is the authentic that has taken Instagram. Hashtag authentic. (laughs) Um, You know, we were talking to our strategy team and it's it's this perfect model with the viscera filter um, and, you know, free people, branded clothes, everything, whether she be at Coachella, all of these different things with... Um, more approachable posing or whether it be like a no makeup selfie, anything like that, Um, where it's truly that's where authenticity has has come to be known kind of like bullshit at the moment. Yeah. Um, Where every conference like has the little section on authenticity and how to be more authentic and everything. Um, And there is truly just such a difference between that version of authenticity and the authenticity that is truly long lasting and that represents human connection. So, you know, I recently was on the account for Hyundai and I thought we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, delve into it. I mean, I think you guys on that account kind of looked more into what exactly authenticity is and what's good relatable versus bad relatable. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go into that a little bit more? Absolutely. So it's this whole idea that Authenticity, if not done right, can be actually very frustrating um, for the follower, the consumer, the customer. So anyone who's looking at this, I think, especially when you're dealing with Gen Z, it's easy to see through it because we've grown up around social media and all of these different platforms our entire lives. Um, So, you know, in terms of the Hyundai account, um, we partnered with another agency And we were actually looking at the concept of adventure. So, I mean, pretty basic um, as far as like cars go. What does it look like to be chasing that adventure and how do we make it authentic? So um, 
The whole idea was that adventure accounts are getting away from perfect photos that look like that desktop desktop background and more so looking at the memories in between. Um, so human connections and how can we really interact with our followers in a way that makes them feel like they're our friends and they're a part of that storyline and adventure. So giving them numerous ways to interact with our accounts mm. um, and also interact with us as people. Um, the best way that I could put it is like, when you're talking about an influencer that has been successful in portraying authenticity, it's like, well, I almost know someone who did that. Mm -hmm. My friend did X, Y, and Z. And you don't really actually know that person, but you feel like you know this extremely genuine version of them mm -hmm. um, versus someone who's just completely unrelatable, untouchable. Yeah, I want to add in on that. I think it shows a big shift because in the past, everyone's wanted that person with the perfect visco filter mm -hmm. where every post is like just them, you know, doing their thing. And it's very much like people follow them because they're perfect. They're the ideal. And I think that's what social media has been. And I think where it's going is more of that, yeah, like connection with others and mm -hmm. really focusing on that connection with the followers, just like how nowadays like retailers are focusing on really focusing on the consumers and the consumer experience. It's kind of like that in a social media way where uh, the people who are posting are really trying to contribute to their followers and connect with them more. Right. Absolutely. So I guess from there, um, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> I want to start moving into a little bit more about like ways that brands can kind of focus on this new version of authenticity to benefit their, you know, efforts. So one thing that I actually have seen a lot and heard a lot about, I think maybe you guys have too, is just the phrase of humanizing brands mm -hmm. and how everyone keeps saying, you know, brands should humanize themselves and basically make it seem as though it's just a person talking and not necessarily the brand um, to kind of appeal to that new authenticity wave. And I think there's good ways to do that and bad ways to do that. So some brands we know are, you know, really down to earth if it ever has to do with, let's say, typically um, environmental causes, you know, beauty brands typically, you know. Even like athletic brands all yeah. the time. Yeah, um, but there's also those like untouchable brands too that... That fall within every single category, I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to bring up, you and I were just talking about this the other day, some new the new brand, um, Outdoor Voices, which yes. I would say is pretty new. Mm -hmm. And I know Marissa's already talked a little bit about it. She loves it. I do. Um, but also, like, you know, even if you compare Outdoor Voices and Lululemon, let's talk a little bit about that. Because, yeah. you know, on one hand, you can build your brand to be down to earth and fall into this um, wave of authenticity so naturally um, but then you see brands that have that capability and are still kind of like teetering on the edge. Um, we see this a lot with like luxury brands and everything because you do in a way want this level of, you know, you can almost be that person if you buy all of the clothes, but not necessarily. So yeah. outdoor voices and I'll let you talk a little bit about this. Yeah. Um, I have a lot to say about this because I've um, bought things from both brands, Lululemon and Outdoor Voices. Mm -hmm. They're both leggings and athleisure brands, if you didn't know. And the thing is, is like, it kind of shows the perfect dichotomy because Lululemon, I purchased their leggings because I want, you know, to have the perfect body, but I purchased stuff from Outdoor Voices because I want to be myself. Right. So 
with Outdoor Voices branding, I feel like they're always showing really diverse models, which we've seen in a lot of new brandings. Um, just people who I feel like I look like and I could be that person where when it comes to Lululemon, it has that more elevated feel than Outdoor Voices where it's kind of like if I want to be that perfect person, if I want to be that really skinny model like they have, then that's where I could go with that. Mm -hmm. But we've seen that. I mean, it could be good and could be bad. I haven't seen too many results going into like how well Lululemon is doing. Well, and I think Outdoor Voices definitely has a leg up here because – they really started their brand running with that. Yeah, they started um, in like 2013. So they've kind of started on this rise with social right. media when Lululemon has had to adapt. Right. And I mean, they're just really reaching the mainstream. And so they have the opportunity to join this conversation on diverse models and, you know, authenticity and all of these different aspects so easily while still building that brand in the public eye. Um, we've seen Lululemon really adapt um, since they were created. Um, and we do see a little bit of, you know, a more diverse selection of models. But at the end of the day, Lululemon arguably is still that luxury brand of leggings. That's $100 per pair. Mm -hmm. um, and at the end of the day, there is a little bit of idealism there in the models that they show, the sizing that they even have in store runs a little bit small. Yeah. Um, and there's that constant idea of working to reach the level where you almost can deserve that brand. I yeah. Would say. And when it comes, like, you can see a huge difference where in branding from Outdoor Voices, their captions are going to be like, shake your ass and our right. leggings. Come which, as you are. Which would never, yeah, which would never fly for Lululemon. I mean, and Lululemon this, keeps everything in place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that holds true with, I mean, another one that's huge is just the fall of Victoria's Secret and the rise of Aerie. I mean. Absolutely. You would I don't know if I would ever expected that because Aerie was also around for a long time, but they've been doing, I mean, immensely well and surpassing Victoria's Secret. I mean, uh, yeah, if you just heard that they just sold Victoria's mm -hmm. Secret. So it's definitely being impacted by not changing and keeping up with what the new growing consumers right. want. And so how does attainability feed into authenticity? I mean, I think that mm. is an exciting topic to think about um, just because... I mean, Victoria's Secrets used to be it, I think, when we were growing yeah, up. Yeah, like, like middle school, high yeah, school, yeah. absolutely. Um, and there has been this shift over women don't even really want to enter the store because there's no way that they could ever look like that or even appear like that in the clothing. Um, and then we see Aerie do the absolute op opposite and really showcase this idea of come as you are. Yeah, no Photoshopping. And mm -hmm. I think authenticity, the more we talk about it, is kind of like what's authentic to you is something that relates to you is something yes. that you can like, see yourself self doing so, yeah seeing yourself doing or saying if it's an influencer like if you could see yourself doing or saying that that's something that's authentic to you so mm -hmm. what used to be wanting the unattainable is necessarily not the case right. well let's take a shift because we've seen that these brands are like at least attempting to shift what about some brands that have been just like flops when it comes to a brand trying to humanize itself and flop. Can you think of anything? I have an idea. Go ahead. I'll okay. Right after you. So uh, I'm trying to remember the exact tweet, but it was the one with it was 
the Netflix tweet where Netflix started a conversation on mm-hmm. Twitter. Oh, yeah. So there it is. <laughs> what's something you can say during sex, but also when you manage a brand Twitter account? Yeah, so this shows that Netflix is really humanizing itself by trying to be that funny, like, make fun of itself <laughs> brand. And it really resonates, like, based on how it really embodies the yes. Netflix and chill. Like, it doesn't push that away when people make that joke. It's like, right. it embodies and embraces that. And that's Just why people start to... Take it or leave it. Yeah, and that's why people start to really love... Netflix and that was a huge hit for them um and I think that like goes into authenticity because it is so unapologetically them Mm -hmm. and so different from what anyone has seen from you know a subscription brand so all right so some of these replies are again I'm going to read the tweet What's something you can say during sex, but also when you manage a brand Twitter account (laughs) um Wendy said wow four for four (laughs) T-Mobile, T-Mobile said, up to four devices on us. Groupon said, how likely would you be to recommend us to a friend? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Yelp said, please share your experience with the community. Um, and Snickers said, satisfied. <laughs> so, okay. So here's what I've heard from these is that, so a lot of the fast food brands chimed in on this and it was a big hit for them because those are type of brands that don't need to be taken seriously. So them kind of going along with that casual feel directly targets their consumers who are not necessarily those posh people. But I saw a lot of, you know, um, negative feedback towards Yelp chiming in on that so let's go back to what yelp said which was yelp said please share your experience with the community and a lot of people were really upset saying (laughs) people were really upset being like yelp why are you doing this like just because it's not it's not on brand for yelp it's not on brand for yelp so okay it it is like everyone needs to be authentic everyone needs to leave yelp alone (laughs) yelp is doing their best they just want to get in on their conversation everyone needs to be authentic but you need to do it in your own way there's no specific formula you just have to be true to you. And Yelp was trying. No, I know so I hard. agree. Yeah. Um, you and know. when you have a platform that definitely, I mean, what they said, uh, you know, is agreeable. They do have that community built up, but I would not say that they have the most interactive brand. So it does seem like a weird time to start <laughs> now on <laughs> um, Netflix inappropriate tweet. Um, but something I also want to point out, which is truly pretty obvious in nature um, in these tweets is I love that they call themselves out um, with their own, you know, very like brand central, like whether it be slogan or something that is like, you know, Instagram commented on here and said double tap, just period. (laughs) Um, And I like that it is something so specific to each brand. And just even, you know, there's so many things you can do within a brand, whether it be pointing out that flaw or even peak. And a lot of times, like, you don't even have to say the brand name and everyone just gets it, which is just so interesting. Um, So so next, I was thinking that we could kind of go into this new segment that we had planned. I'm really excited. So Really, I just want to talk about things that we love and hate right now in the industry and just go ahead and tell me why and we'll just launch into it and kind of discuss it. Okay. So the one that has gotten to my mind just because we're talking about authenticity, so it'll be a good transition into the segment. Well, perfect. Is what I hate. And, <laughs> and I've been seeing Starting it. Starting out strong. I have been seeing it over and over again. And it is these supposedly authentic authenticity. <laughs> I can't talk. Authentic. authentic. Uh, oh my gosh. 
authentic, and I'm doing that with air quotes in my hands right now, and you can't her, see. Her hands are in air quotes. So authentic testify. ads, where it's basically like a customer testimonial, where it seems as though the consumer is like holding their phone, recording this ad. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it with like an allergy test, and they're like, I had no idea that I was allergic to almonds, and no, I, I, I know now. Thank you, Everly Well, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. Fuck, I would never buy that. Right. Because- um, no, but I think that, you know, if you're talking about pulling off authenticity, most of the time it's really just what human interactions you can connect with, not actually trying to artificially create in an authentic moment because obviously that did not work for you. Mm, yeah. Probably a very low demographic did that even entice. No. Um, so I want to talk about something I love. Um, which is the recent Whopper ad, which is very, it's a little off brand for me. Um, <laughs> but I, I couldn't say, I couldn't turn off this ad. No, I was staring um, at it. So this one was the beauty of no artificial preservatives. And it basically shows the Whopper um, deteriorating over 34 days. And so it just becomes absolutely disgusting and inedible after 34 days. And it's just trying to show um, that Burger King is, you know, not using preservatives, that it's really fresh, all of these other aspects. Um, And I thought that was an interesting approach. And I'm interested to hear your take on it, just because it is a commercial about food, and they're doing the exact opposite. They're showing me something I would never want to eat. And that's why it's interesting, because it's so unexpected. And so I was staring at this. I I didn't see the video, but I saw the like standstill ad on Facebook, Mm -hmm. I think. And I was staring at it forever, like, this is incredible. Like, because I mean, I'm really into that. The progression is incredible. I I love that. However, I could see a way that this could backfire, because as I was reading the comments, the top comments on this ad were all talking about how, like, Burger King is faking everyone out by saying that the reason why it's deteriorating is not having to do with the preservatives at all, but just has to do with like the water content or something like that. Like that's what causes mold is like the water content. So I don't, I don't know the science, but Mm -hmm. it could be bad if they were deceiving people by giving the wrong message. So I mean, that's a given, but at the end of the day, I mean, that was a pretty disgusting burger after 34 days, and I do believe that there was quite a bit of mold on it, so, (laughs) but who knows, it might have been the water content. Um, I'll just start with the last thing, which is just another hate, um, just different TikTok ads, different TikTok, every time I, Mm. I didn't realize this before, but now every single time I open up TikTok, I have ads, and it kills me but right. honestly how can how are you able to waste so much time well, and your ads are interrupting and you. not only that but every time you open up tiktok it blares the volume so it's right. like why do I, I i don't know but i think there's so many actual things on tiktok that are very influential when it comes to targeting gen z um when it comes to different things that are going to be influential going into maybe different campaigns, things like that coming up. Um, Well, as much as I'd love to hear you keep going about this, I'm actually going to stop you there because that's what the next comment is about. (gasps) That's what the next comment is about. So you'll just have to stay tuned and just hold it in until next week and we'll just, we'll go over it then. So we hope you enjoyed our talk about authenticity um, and we cannot wait to have further discussions next week when we talk about TikTok on the next comment.